This week's Parsha is Parsha Struma, and in Parsha Struma we have the laws how to build a tabernacle, and then it's written right after Moshe Abedo tells us the ingredients of the tabernacle in chapter 25, verse number 9, it says, You should make for me a sanctuary, so that I may dwell amongst them. It doesn't say, make me a sanctuary and I should dwell in it. It says, in them. All the rabbis explain that it means that we should make ourselves a sanctuary that Hashem should be able to dwell amongst every Jew. But then the verse continues and says that like everything I show you, the form of the tabernacle, Veistavnis kol kelov, and the form of all the vessels, vechein tasu, and so you should do, Rashi writes down, the doyos for all generations. Rashi explains that if it's lost one of the items, we should try to use the same shape and the same things that was done here for all future generations. But Mephorshim write down that what the Mishkan represents, that is what we should do, we should take from everything the Mishkan has to learn something for us that should cause Hashem's presence to rest amongst us for all generations. Not only when we have the Beis Amikdosh, even when we don't have the Beis Amikdosh, if we look into the vessels of the Beis Amikdosh, we will know how to behave in the future, we'll learn what is important, and like that, Hashem will rest among us even though there is no Beis Amikdash at this point. Meaning that we should take from the way Hashem told us to build the Beis Amikdash an example for everyday living. Like that Hashem will be able to rest His presence amongst us. And the order that's written in this week's Parsha, what we should do in the Mishkan. First, on verse number 10, it's written that we should do the Aaron, the Ark, and that continues all the way to verse number 23. Then in verse 23, it discusses how to build the shulchan, the table, and that continues until verse 31. And verse 31, it tells you how to build the menorah, and that goes up to the end of the chapter. So we see that the Torah commanded us to build different types of vessels, which signifies that not every Jew is the same. Each Jew has a particular mission in the service of Hashem, but that mission also, if he accomplishes in the whole way that's supposed to do, will bring Hashras Hashkina, will bring the Divine Presence down to the earth. Meaning that the mission of the Shulchan is different than the mission of the Menorah, and the mission of the Menorah is different than the mission of the Mizbeh Hazav. So all these different things have different missions, and since those things have different missions, that means that each Jew doesn't have the same mission because we're supposed to look at the tabernacle and act like the tabernacle. Therefore, every Jew has a particular mission that that causes the Divine Presence to come down. So we'll start first with the first vessel that there it says that everybody has to do, that no difference from one Jew to the other one, and that is the also Aroin Atzashitim, that you have to make an ark of wood and covered with gold. In that ark 
was the Luchos Oedos. It was the tablets that were testimony that Hashem chose the Jewish people as a nation. And it's a testimony of our covenant, if Hashem, and that everybody is required, and not only everybody is required, on top of that ark, it's written that we should put the cherubs, and the Gamorian Sukkah, the Hey Ahmed Beis 5b, writes down that the cherubs had the look of a child, meaning they had the shape of a child, the face of a child, which signifies that you have to learn Torah while you are still a child, meaning that you have to make sure that you start learning Torah when you are young, and then also it shows from there that since the Ark was in a separate small room, the Kacha Kachim, the Holy of Holies, it teaches you that in your days of your youth, you should try to stay in one place and not go around different places, hanging out in other places, but you should stay in your house of learning enclosed. And also, in the description of the cherubs, it's written that the cherubs have to have Polshek, Nofayim, and Amala spread out their wings on top, meaning that the cherubs had the wings spread out on top. And we are going to try to understand what is the symbolism of spreading out their wings on top. Sefer Shemirosh brings the Gemara in Shabbos, Daf Memtes, Amadalev 49a, where the other Gemara says, Omar Rabbianai, Rabbianai says, Tfilm, Srichin Guf Noki, the Tfilm requires to have a clean body, Kelisha Balkrofaim, like the Lisha, the winged one. So the Gemara says, Mai, what does it mean that it requires to have a clean body? Abaya says that a person should not pass gas, pass wind, when he is wearing them. Nirava says that a person is not allowed to sleep when he is wearing the film, meaning that you require to be very careful about your film. Then the Gemara asks a question, by my Korela Baltmafaim, why you gave the nickname of this Elisha as Elisha the winged one? The Gemara answers that one time the evil Roman government made a decree that anybody that is wearing film, they are going to make a hole in the brain that's under the film as a punishment for wearing the film. And Elisha was putting those film and coming out in the street. One time, one officer that was in charge for enforcement of this law some and Elisha ran from him. The officer ran after him, and as soon as the officer reached him, Elisha took his film and put it in his hand. The officer asked him, What do you have in your hand? Elisha told him, I have kamfe yoina. I have wings of doves. So the governor says that he made him open his hand, and he actually found in the hand kamfe yoina, wings of doves, and therefore they call him Elisha Balknofaim, Elisha, the one who has the wings. The Gemara asks a question, why did he choose to say that he has wings of a yoin of a dove? Why didn't he pick any other bird? So the Gemara says that the Jewish people are compared to dove, as it's written in Tehillim chapter 68, verse number 14, that the wings of doves are covered with silver, Ma Yoina, the same way that a Yoina dove, Knofeo Maginos Eleia, the wings protector, meaning the protector from the cold as any bird, but also if somebody is coming to fight with it, so first it hits with the wings. 
Af Yisrael, so too, mitzvos maginos aleos, the mitzvos protect them. As a side note, the Radak in Bereshis, when Noach sent away from the ark the pigeon, the dove, to see if the waters had dried up, the Radak explains that the reason why the wings of the dove protect her is because since the dove has a mission that always comes back to the owner, as people send messages to one another, like we call them homing pigeon, means that the dove always comes back to its home. So therefore also Noah wanted that the dove come back to him, therefore he sent the dove, and he also says that the dove is not normally slaughtered because it's more valuable for its wings, not because they protect it when you have a fight, is because people find it more valuable to have a pigeon for the wing than for food. So therefore, the wings protect the dove because it does the mission of being homing pigeon and coming back. Based on this idea, we could give two different interpretations of what it's meant by the Jewish people exemplified as a dove. We could say that the Jewish people are exemplified as a dove, that it's not worth to slaughter the Jewish people because the Jewish people make mitzvahs and the mitzvahs are more important to Hashem than the killing of the Jewish people. So therefore Hashem protects us because the mitzvahs protect us like the wings of the dove. Or you could say that we are like a doves because in the same way that the dove always comes back to its master, even though it goes far away, so too, because the Jewish people will always perform mitzvahs, they always end up coming to its master, they always end up doing tshuva and coming back to Hashem. So therefore, Hashem protects them because of this reason. But going back to our topic, Sefer Shem Royce asks that this story is a very nice story, that a miracle happened to Elisha, therefore they call him Balknofaim. But is that fair that because one time a miracle happened to him, Therefore, they will call him Elisha, the winged one. What is the message that the people wanted when they called Elisha the winged one? And another question we are going to ask is that the Mogan Avram in Orachim, Simon Kofches, 28, Sivkotn Dalet, 4, writes down that that when you take your film out and you're wrapping your film, you should wrap it like wings. Al Shem because of this story of Elisha Baknofaim, and we should make it like wings of the dove, and that is brought down from Sefer Matemoisha in name of Sefer Hamusar, meaning that after you take your film and you want to put it away, so you should wrap it in the box that you should have two sides of the retsuas, of the straps being both sides, which they will look like wings to symbolize this idea that Elisha's miracle happened with wings. And the question is, why do we need to remember this idea? What is the message of this idea that a miracle happened with wings? The simple interpretation you could say, which is clearly not Dalacha, that a person should be moiser nefesh, risk his life to wear film. In the same way that Elisha risked his life to wear film and a miracle happened to him, so too you should do this. But that can be because that is not really the aloha that you require to risk your life to put film. Then what is the message that the Mogan Avram writes that when we take off our film we should wrap it like the wings to remember the miracle for? 
Sefer Shemeroish answers these questions based on the verse in Kahelis, chapter 8, verse number 5, where the verse says, Shoimer Mitzvah, somebody who keeps a mitzvah, Loyeda Dovara, will not know from a bad thing. And also the Gemorian Soitet of, of Aleph Omedalef 21a says, In the name of Rabbi Yosef, mitzvah, a mitzvah, be'idne the asigba, the time he is involved in performing it, magna, it protects him from punishment, umasla, and saves him from sinning, but the idna, the loyasigba, but when he is not performing the mitzvah, aguna magna, it protects him from punishments, atzula, loyasla, but does not save him from sinning. But nonetheless, we see from the first statement of Rabbi Yosef that a mitzvah, while you are doing the mitzvah, protects you from punishment. And even though the Gemara in Psachim, Davches Omed Beis 8b, brings in the name of Rabbi Lazar, where there Rabbi Lazar also says the same idea, and he says that Shluchei Mitzvah Einonizoykin, that Somebody who is in the messenger for a mitzvah is in the act of performing a mitzvah. He does not get harmed, neither when he's going to perform that mitzvah, nor when he's coming back to do the mitzvah. And the Gemara there gives an exception, which the Gemara says that it only protects you when you're doing a regular mitzvah. But when you are doing a mitzvah where you know there is a prevalent danger, where the danger is present, then the mitzvah does not protect you. And in the case here of Elisha Bar Kofaim, he knew clearly that he was in danger by putting film. Nonetheless, we see that the mitzvah did protect him. And yet, we see many people who are performing regular mitzvahs without any danger. Yet, no miracle happens to them and they actually fall to the danger and they are harmed by the danger. Then the question is, why doesn't miracles happen to this person. Therefore, Sefer Shemeroish explains that this could be because it's based on the Mishnah in Avois, Perek Dalet, Mishnah Yud Gimel. There it says, Rablezer ben Yaakov Oimer, Rablezer ben Yaakov says, Haoise mitzvah achas, somebody who fulfills even a single mitzvah, koineloi praklit echot, gets himself a single advocate, meaning he gets himself a lawyer in heaven, and he creates an angel that protects him in heaven. The Marsha in Soited of Gimel, Ahmed Aleph, 3a, brings down that this is the intention when Chazal said that that anybody who does one mitzvah in this world, that mitzvah precedes him and walks in front of him in the world to come. And the Marsha explains that this is the angel that was created from your mitzvah, he comes ahead of you to the world to come, to the judgment day, and he precedes you there. And this also, the marshal says, are the angels that protect a person. Like it's written in Tehillim chapter 91, verse number 11, that Hashem will send his angels to protect you in all your ways, all your goings, the marshal says that the angels that protect you when you go anywhere, those are the angels that were created from your mitzvah. Meaning that the mitzvah has to go up to heaven and create a parklet, create an advocate, and once that mitzvah is able to create an advocate, then that angel protects you everywhere you go, 
and that's why you are performing the mitzvah, you cannot be harmed because your advocate in heaven, your guardian angel that was created by your mitzvah, will protect you. But, says Sefer Shemeroish, that there is a little exceptions to this rule, because the Tikkun Zoyar in Tikkun Yud Chofei brings down that a mitzvah that's done below the Chilu Urchimu, without fear and love, cannot go up in heaven and stand in front of Hashem. And also the same thing, the Torah that is learned without fear and awe of Hashem and without love of Hashem does not go to heaven. Therefore, if they can't go up to heaven, obviously cannot acquire for you an advocate, cannot make you an angel. I remember once quoted by the Baal Shem Tov, that the Baal Shem Tov came to his students and says that we cannot go into this Besmedrish because the Besmedrish, because the house of learning is full of Torah. And his students did not understand what the Baal Shem Tov was meaning by that. Meaning, quite opposite, if it's full of Torah, then they should go into that Besmedrish. Why wouldn't the Baal Shem Tov go in into this house of study? And the Baal Shem Tov explains that when they learn Torah in this Besmedrish, they're not learning the Torah in the proper way. They're not learning the Torah with the fear and love of Hashem. Therefore, the Torah that they learn does not go up to heaven. It stays in the Besmedrish. Therefore, the Baal Shem Tov says that we can't go in into this place because it's full of Torah, meaning the Torah is not done the proper way and therefore we cannot go in. Since it's not done the proper way, that Torah did not go up to heaven. But nonetheless, says Sefer Shemeroish, we see from here that you require to have two ingredients, two wings, in order for the mitzvah to be able to come up to heaven. And the two wings for every mitzvah is that you require to fear and awe Hashem, and you require to love Hashem. And if you don't have these ingredients, meaning that you don't do the mitzvah lishma totally for Hashem's sake, then the mitzvah did not go up to heaven. And if the mitzvah did not go up to heaven, automatically it did not create an angel. And if it did not create an angel, then automatically that mitzvah cannot protect you. And in the same way that a bird cannot lift itself without the wings, so too the mitzvah is required to have these two wings, love of Hashem and fear of Hashem, in order for the mitzvah to lift itself. And therefore, the Jewish people are symbolized as a dove because the dove needs its wings very much. The dove needs its wings to protect it. And therefore, the wings also protect the Jewish people, meaning the mitzvahs that go up to heaven, they are lifted up by the chilu irchimu, by the fear and awe of Hashem, and by the love of Hashem, those are the mitzvahs that will protect the Jewish people. Therefore, we see that even though people are performing mitzvahs, nonetheless, those mitzvahs do not protect them and no miracles happen to them because they probably didn't do the mitzvahs in the full proper way and their mitzvah did not create an angel and therefore the mitzvah did not protect them. And therefore, also, when the people saw that Elisha was saved by a miracle, even though he was in a dangerous situation where even when a person does the mitzvah the proper way, it does not afford them protection, then the people realize that when Elisha performs the mitzvah, 
He is not just performing the mitzvah to spite the Romans and that everybody should see how holy he is. He is doing the mitzvah bitchilu urchimu. He is doing the mitzvah with fear and awe of Hashem. He is doing a mitzvah in such a way that the mitzvah goes up to heaven and is protecting him. Therefore, they decide to say that this mitzvah is from Elisha Balkhafaim, that he had the wings, yet the Dechilu Urchimu, he had the fear and awe of Hashem and the love of Hashem to propel him to do the mitzvahs. And according to this, now we can understand why the Mogan of Rome tells us that when you finish using your film, when you put away the film, you should wrap it in the form of wings. Meaning that since tomorrow morning, the next day, when you are going to get your film to put them on, you are going to pick up film that were put away in the form of wings, and you are going to look at those films, and you're going to see those two wings. You're going to remember the story of Elisha Barkrofnaim, and you're going to remember that the reason why that mitzvah protected him was because of the two wings, meaning the two wings that are bitchilu urchimu, which are the fear of Hashem and love of Hashem, that is what protected Elisha Barkrofnaim. Meaning, it's not important that you put away the film that should be in the form of the wing. It's important because you're going to see that the next day, and before you do the mitzvah of the film, you have to remember that you have to elevate the mitzvah in a certain way that you should get an angel in return. And the only way to do it is if you get the wings, the two wings, which are tchil or chimu, that's the only way you are going to be able to elevate that mitzvah. The mitzvah should create an angel and protect you. According to this Sefer Shemeroish, now we understand why the Kruvim were put one in this corner, one in this corner, and why they had to spread their wings on top. As verse 20 says, Vahoyu Akruvim, Knofaim Lemalo, that the Kruvim should stretch out their wings upwards, Sachachim Bechamfeyem Alakapoiros, sheltering through their wings on top of the lid. Meaning, the Torah is telling you only when the mitzvah goes up to heaven, where the wings go upwards, that is when the mitzvah could protect you. That is when it protects what's under it. Because if it doesn't go to heaven, then it does not create the angel and then does not protect you. And also says Sefer Shemeroish that the two kruvim are equivalent to the two thoughts that the person is required to have when doing a mitzvah. One is the have of Hashem, the love of Hashem, and the other is the fear and awe of Hashem, that if you have both those things and they are spread up to heaven, then it will protect you. Therefore, there was one crew in this corner, one crew in this corner, and together they'll spread out their wings, and like that they'll be able to protect what is under them. And then Sefer Shemeroj says that even though we have the arm and we have the Kruvim, nonetheless the Torah made sure that there is a lid on top of the arm. Meaning that even though the person is learning Torah and is full of mitzvahs, proper mitzvahs, nonetheless Hashem wanted that the person should be modest and hide his ways that people should not see how holy and how he performs these mitzvahs. And that is the reason why he told us to put a lid on top of the arm in order that we should not see how he's doing those mitzvahs. And he explains that this is exactly the meaning of the verse in Micha, chapter 6, verse number 8, where he says, Higit lecha, that Hashem has told you, Adam matoiv, 
man, what is good? Umo Hashem doresh mimcho. In what is Hashem asking of you? Kim asois mishpat only to do justice, vavas chesed and love kindness, vahatsna leches and walk humbly im lokecho with Hashem. Meaning that Hashem wants that you should be humble with Him. He doesn't want you to show off in the street what you are doing. He wants you to do the mitzvah, but do it in a modest way, in a quiet way, in order that the mitzvah should not come to cause you haughtiness, and in order for the mitzvah not to be able to entice you to get honor out of it and doing it for your honor. But going back to the Shefer Shemer Royce analysis, he says that in the youth you're supposed to learn Torah, that's why the Torah, the Luchas, are separate. And right after you go out of the Holy of Holies, you come to the Holies, and there the first two vessels that you encounter are the table, the Shulchan, and the Menorah. And he explains the symbolism of that is that after the days of your youth, after you learn when you're young, then you find two different kinds of people. One person that decides that Torah im nasoi, the Torah his his livelihood, that he wants to sit and learn the rest of his life. And then you have the person that decides that he's going to learn sometimes, but he wants to also focus on his parnasa, focus on his livelihood. Like the partnership of his Sachar in Zvul. His Sachar was the person that learned Torah all the time, and yet he couldn't have support because since he was learning Torah, he had no support. Therefore, Zvul, which was into commerce, he was the Machzike Torah, he was the one that supported the Torah. So therefore, Yisachar Zvul had a partnership. Zvul went to do commerce, he went to do business, and he took care of all Yisachar's need, since Yisachar was the one learning Torah. So therefore, Zvul had a portion of Yisachar's Torah through the support that he gave to Yisachar. And in the same way, these two vessels that are in the holies, the shulchan, the table, and the menorah signify both things. The wealth, the support of Torah, and the learning of Torah. Because the Gemara in Baba Basra, Davchof Hei Amit Beis, writes down, somebody who wants to become wise, Yadrim, that when he says Shuman Esra, when he prays, he should pray a little bit directed also to the south. And Veshei Sasher, and somebody who wants to become wealthy, Yatspin, when he prays, he should turn a little bit to the north. And the Gemara says, the Simonach, and your Simon, how do you know to remember where to turn in order to get wealth or in order to get wisdom? He says, Shulchan Batsofen, the Shulchan is in the north, Menorah is in the south, meaning that in the tabernacle, the Menorah was in the south part of the tabernacle, and the Shulchan was in the north part of the tabernacle. Like that, if you remember where those were, you remember which way to turn in order either to get wealth or to get wisdom. So we see that the Shulchan symbolizes wealth, and the Menorah symbolizes Torah. And in the same way, that in regards to Yisachar in Zvul, the verse in Dvarim chapter 33, verse number 18, writes down, Smach Zvul Secho. Zvul should rejoice in his going out, in his commerce. Why? Because Yisachar Bolecha, because Yisachar 
is in his tent, and there we see that the Torah put first Zvun before Issachar, even though Zvun was the younger brother than Issachar, then technically the Torah should have mentioned first Issachar, which was the older brother, and then Zvun. But nonetheless, since Zvun is the one that supports Torah, the supporters of Torah get priority over those who learn Torah. And therefore also in our case, after the Torah writes down the laws of the Oren, the Torah decides first to write the laws of the Shulchan, of the table, since the table symbolizes wealth, symbolizes the support of Torah, and only afterwards write down the laws in regards to the vessel of the menorah, which symbolizes the wisdom of the Torah, the ones who are learning the Torah. Because, again, the supporters of Torah have priority over those who learn Torah. And the question begs, why are the supporters of Torah in a higher level than those who are actually learning the Torah? My Rosh Hashiva once explained that since Zvun, when he's supporting Isaschor, he's supporting for the whole time Isaschor is supposed to learn, then if Isaschor is goofing off, having too many coffee breaks, and doesn't learn as much, nonetheless Zvun gets the full reward had Issachar stayed and learned. Because since he's supporting the full time, then Hashem gives the reward for Zvun for the whole time that Issachar potentially could have learned. Whereas Issachar himself, he'll only get the reward for the actual Torah that he learned. Therefore, Zvun gets a greater reward than Issachar, and when they come to heaven, Zvun is going to know more Torah than Issachar. And therefore Hashem is giving priority to Zvun over Issachar. And therefore also the Torah on chapter 26, verse number 35, where the Torah is discussing the placements of all the vessels of the tabernacle, there it says that you should put the Aaron in the Holy of Holies, and then you should put a curtain outside. And then it says on verse number 35, the Samtos Shulchan should put the table outside the curtain, meaning right outside the curtain, the one who gets priority is the Shulchan, but you should put the Menorah opposite the Shulchan, meaning that we want to make sure that always the Machzika Torah, those are supporters of Torah, are always opposite those who are learning Torah, because they have to make sure that they always are supporting Torah those who are learning Torah. And in regards to the Shulchan, it's written on chapter 25, verse number 24, Saloi, that you should make to it Zeir Zoav Sobif, a crown of gold all around, which is a symbol, Keser Malchus, the crown of kingship, Oisher, wealth, Gedula, and greatness. And Sefer Shemerosh asks, why is it so special that we have a crown of gold on the Shulchan? which symbolizes the crown of kingdom or wealth. I understand that you should have a crown of gold on the urn, on the ark, because since a person has free choice if he wants to learn or not what to learn, since it's up to him if he's going to acquire that crown or not acquire the crown, as the Gemara writes down in Kedushin Dav Samachvav Omet Aleph 66a, that Toire Muneches Bekeren 
that the Torah is in the corner. Anybody who wants to come learn, should come and learn, meaning the Torah is available to anyone. Therefore, anyone has a right to come learn. Anybody could get to the crown of Torah. And since he gets there through his own free choice, then he really deserves a crown. But in regards to wealth, it is written in the Gemara in Nida, Daftazayan, Omed Beis 16b, that Dorash, Rabchanine Bar Papa, Rabchanine Bar Papa expounded, Oisu Malach, Hamemuna Aleiroyen, that angel that's in charge of pregnancies, Laila Shmoy, the name of the angel is Laila, Venoitel Tipo, and he takes the drop of semen which a child will be conceived from, Umamidol Ifneakodesh Barcho, and takes it in front of Hashem, Veoimer Lefonov, and he tells Ribbonio Shaloylam, Hashem, Tipo Zi Mate Oleo, what's going to be with this drop? Giboy Echalosh, is he going to be a strong person, or is he going to be a weak person? Chacham, a smart person, or Tipesh, or a foolish person? And then he asks, Oshim, is he going to be a wealthy person? Oi Ani, or a poor person? And Hashem decrees what that person is going to be. Then comes out that if the person is going to be wealthy or poor, it's already preordained by Hashem. Then the question is, what's so special about the crown of kingship, which implies the crown of wealth? It is not something that you could try to get by yourself. It's already preordained. You don't have free will in these regards. Then why do you actually deserve the crown? Therefore, Sefer Shemirach innovates that the crown that the Shulchan has, the crown that the table has, it is not the crown of kingdom and wealth. It is actually the crown of Torah that the Shulchan, the people who have wealth, support those who are learning Torah. Meaning, in the same way that the Oran has a crown, so too those who support the Torah, who support the Oran, deserve a crown. And since the Shulchan symbolizes the wealthy people, then they deserve the crown not because of their wealth, because their wealth obviously is something that is already predetermined, but they deserve the crown because of what they decide to do with their wealth. That if they decide to support Torah with their wealth, then automatically they will get the crown of Torah also. So therefore Hashem said that the Shulchan gets to have a crown, but that is not the crown of wealth, that is actually the crown of Torah, in the same way that Zvun gets reward for the Sachar's Torah, so too the people who support Torah get the crown of Torah, in the same way that the Torah has a crown, so too the Shulchan has a crown. And Sefer Shemrush continues and says that since now I say that the crown of the Shulchan is the same as the crown of Torah, then whatever it's written in regards to the crown of Torah would technically apply also to the crown of Shulchan. Meaning that the Gemara in Yuma, Daf Ayan Beis, Ahmed Beis 72b, writes down that Rabbi Yochanan Rame, that Rabbi Yochanan ends a contradiction. When you're talking about the crowns that you have to put in either place, in the Oran and also in the Shulchan, the Torah writes down Zeir, Zion Reish, which normally Zion Reish is read as Zor, as a stranger. And the Karinan, but we read it, 
Zair, which is like Zion Yud Reish, which means a crown. So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan says, Zacha, if the person merits, Nasa Loi Zair, then this becomes a crown. But Loi Zacha, if the person is not deserving, does not merit, then Zara Emeno, then it becomes estranged for him. Meaning that the Torah becomes estranged for him, and also, if I apply it to the Shulchan, then the wealth also becomes estranged for him. That if he does not spend his money wisely, then Hashem will not bless him to get more money. Hashem will eventually take out his money. And it is not like Hashem is giving you a punishment. The reason why Hashem will take away your money if you're not doing good things with the money is because Hashem wants to help you. Because the verse in Hazinu, Dvarim chapter 32, verse number 15 says, Vayishman Yeshurun Vayivat, that Yeshurun Israel became fat and it kicked. Shomanto, you became fat. Aviso, you became thick. Kashiso, you became corpulent. Vayitoish Eloah Oso, and you deserted Hashem who made you. Vayinabel Tzul Yeshuasoi, and you were contentious for the rack of your salvation, meaning that because you are wealthy, you could afford to do bad things, then you kick out Hashem. So Hashem in His great kindness would in this situation take away your wealth. So if you do not deserve it, if you do not work properly with your money, then Hashem could do the opposite, could take away the money, not because He wants really to punish you, He wants to save you from sinning further. Because the main reason why people would do something wrong sometimes is because they could afford it. If they can't afford to do something wrong, they wouldn't. So Hashem makes a situation that you shouldn't be able to afford it and the money becomes strange from you. Then Sefer Shem brings the idea that the Kliyakar also brings down in regards to the taboys, to the rings that the Shulchan has to have to carry it, that the rings were round. And he explains that the idea why they were round is because... The Talmud in Shabbos, Daf Kuf Nun Aleph Omed Beis 151b brings down in the name of Rabbi Lozara Kapper that he says that a person should always ask mercy from Hashem for this fate of poverty that if a person doesn't get to poverty then his son gets to poverty and if his son doesn't get to poverty then his grand grandson gets to poverty and so forth eventually somebody is going to get to poverty because it's written in the verse because of this matter Hashem will bless you in all your deeds and the Academy of Rabbi Shmuel says that wealth and poverty is it's a will that revolves in the world meaning it's a cyclical phenomenon that eventually somebody in your family is going to get poor and therefore is going to require to have the wealth. The Gemara continues and brings a story that Rabhia told his wife that when a poor person comes to the door, give quickly bread to him in order that quickly the people should give bread to your children because we know that the way we behave, Hashem causes others to behave towards us. So if you quickly give bread to the poor, then Hashem will make it that your children, when they become poor, they will quickly get bread. So the wife asks, are you cursing me? So Gomorrah says that he told her, no, I'm just telling you the facts the way it is, that the Academy for Rabbi Shmuel says 
that wealth and poverty is galgal hu shechoze be'olam, that's a will that revolves in the world, that eventually somebody gets to it. Therefore, Hashem says that you should put the rings in the shulchan, because rings is a galgal, is a circle, and to tell you that this is going to be the circle of life, and therefore you should try to give as much as you can for mitzvahs, like that you'll get to merit to use that wealth before it's taken away from you. And also, says the Kliyakar, another reason why it is a circle, because a circle we know has no beginning and no end. A line has a beginning and has an end. But a circle, we don't know where to begin in that circle. Everywhere it's a beginning and an end. So therefore he's trying to say that if you work, if you wealth properly, then you should know that you're going to get immeasurable reward. A reward that is like a ring that has no end. And Hashem's work should help that we should always work with our wealth properly. Like that will merit to have Mashiach come, the base of Mikdash rebuilt, and we'll have all these vessels that we are discussing here again in front of us. Bimhera Bayomenu Amen.